0: Welcome to the Unstoppable Moms Health and Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Breen, and here we bring busy mamas like you seriously effective tips for balancing a healthy lifestyle with real life chaos. The chaos of raising tiny humans while still trying to have those magical moments to yourself, not to mention your partner, your job, your social life, And all the things. If you're looking for the how to for creating a healthy lifestyle for your family, actionable tips for losing weight in a healthy way, aka no diets and no sketchy pills that just make you run to the bathroom, and finding wellness without the overwhelm, welcome, Mama. You are in the right place. Hey, and welcome back to the podcast. This is going to be a quick episode today with some fast health facts or like health guidelines, I guess, if you will, too. Now y'all know I'm a big supporter of healthy habits and routines that work for your individual lifestyle of finding what works for you. I mean, wellness looks different to everyone, right? I've said that a hundred times. However, looking at the hard evidence of numbers can be a helpful guideline If you're trying to be healthier or if you're monitoring your health and your health numbers as you get older and want to be sure you're staying in those healthy ranges there. Now, while there might be slight amount of wiggle room, these are the facts or guidelines or numbers, whatever you want to call it, for a reason. One thing I won't be covering today is how many calories you should eat per day, which is a question I get a lot. This ranges too widely and there are too many factors like your age, sex, height, activity level, if you're pregnant or if you're breastfeeding, if you want to lose weight, if you want to gain weight, that all contributes to what is recommended for you. And even then, it's a recommendation. It's not hard and fast, you have to hit this number or you suck. We all know the 2,000 calorie per day. But again. Based on the factors I just listed, this could definitely vary widely from 2000. You might be under that, you might be over that. So more so focusing on the quality and variety of nutrition you're getting versus seeing the number as the absolute principle can be helpful. Anyways, we're not talking about calories and food and all that today. Let's talk about these health guidelines and numbers. First up is blood pressure. Oh, and final note- I'm going off the guidelines that the National Board for Health and Wellness Coaching follows, which are all from the most widely accepted guidelines. However, if your doctor or health professional has said something else to you, there's probably a reason for that, and I am not giving you medical advice in any way here. Okay, blood pressure. We have systolic and diastolic BP. Systolic is your blood pressure when your heart is beating, and diastolic is your blood pressure when your heart is at rest. Now, this might seem obvious, but actually a lot of people don't understand that your blood pressure is literally pressure. It's the pressure your blood is exerting on your artery walls when it beats with systolic and when resting with diastolic. BP is always listed as systolic over diastolic, and I'm going to give you two different guidelines here for the numbers. The first is from the Joint National Committee on Prevention, Detection, Evaluation, and Treatment on high BP. I hear those folks really know how to party. I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. But I mean, that just doesn't sound like the most exciting committee to be on. Anyways, normal BP is less than 120 over 80. Pre-hypertension is considered 120 to 139 over 80 to 89. Hypertension, or high blood pressure, is considered 140 over 90 or higher. The American College of Cardiology and the American Heart Association recommend these guidelines here. Normal is, again, less, less than 120 over 80. Pre-hypertension is 120 to 129 over 80. And hypertension is 130 or higher over 80 or higher. So you can see with these guidelines, you have a smaller range and your diastolic doesn't get any wiggle room over 80. So your doctor might follow one set of guidelines or follow the other one or have some kind of range within there that they kind of go by. But just so you know, Those are the two kind of guidelines that are most widely accepted. All right, so next we're going to talk about cholesterol numbers. Let's keep it super simple here, right? LDL is the cholesterol that can build up on the walls of your blood vessels. This is the bad cholesterol. HDL is your good cholesterol and actually helps to flush cholesterol out of your body. So you do have good cholesterol and bad cholesterol. And talking on triglycerides, these are a type of fat found in your blood and you may have heard them also described as a lipid. So for LDL, the bad cholesterol, the recommendation is less than 100 milligrams per deciliter. HDL, the good cholesterol, is greater or equal to 60 milligrams per deciliter. For triglycerides, it's less than 150 milligrams per deciliter. I remember it by LDL starts with L, so you want it to be low. HDL starts with H, so you want it to be high. So HDL is your good cholesterol. LDL, you want it to be low. That's your bad cholesterol. And for total cholesterol, the number range that you kind of want to be hanging out in is less than 200 milligrams per deciliter. All right, so moving on from the super exciting world of cholesterol and jumping into A1c levels. So, all right, A1c levels for blood sugar. This is important to know for diabetes. I'm tempted to break this down some more and give some more info on diabetes because so many people are pre-diabetic. This number is crazy, but it's around... You know what, just think for a second. I would think for a second, just take a guess, take a gander before I even say the number. How many people in the U just in the US do you think have prediabetes? Okay, so now that you have that lovely number in your head, it's around 85 million people in the US. If you're already diagnosed diabetic, hopefully your healthcare team has already gone over all of this information extensively with you. But if you're pre-diabetic, one you might not know that you are, and two, you might not have gotten enough info about it. However, I wanna keep this episode moving for today, so I'm going to skip covering more on diabetes and just get down to the numbers for today. A1C numbers below 5.7% are normal. 5.7% to 6.4% are considered pre-diabetic, and 6.5% and above is diabetic. So those are your A1C numbers there, and there you know kind of your range. Okay, so next up is BMI or body mass index. I was hesitant to include BMI because to be honest, it's can at times be a little bit ridiculous. And I apologize, my husband is outside giving the dog, <laughs> giving the dog a bath. Normally, this is, see, this is why I record super early in the morning, but I'm having to do it in the afternoon. My dog's outside giving the dog a, my, my dog is outside. Oh, Lord. My husband is outside giving the dog a bath. And of course he chose the hose that's right outside the window instead of the hose that's on the other side of the house. So I can hear him. So the mic might be picking him up a little bit. So I apologize if you can kind of hear that um, circus going on in the background. Okay, anyways, BMI. BMI can be a little bit ridiculous. So BMI takes your height and then depending on your weight, it will say whether you're considered underweight in a healthy range, overweight, or obese. However, it's controversial because it does not account for the amount of muscle versus fat a person has. So someone with more muscle mass can show just purely based on height and weight that they're overweight, but in reality, they're not at all. Now this is the case for a lot of athletes. For the average person, your BMI is not going to be thrown off in this way, but it's still not a super accurate representation. However, I decided I wanted to include it because a lot of doctors still use this. So at least if they're going to use them, you can understand the ranges. So if you want to calculate your BMI, it's your weight in kilograms divided by your height in meters squared, or you can make your life simple and just let the internet gods calculate it for you. Literally just type BMI calculator into Google and about 9,000 will pop up. So once you get your BMI below, 18.5 is considered underweight, 18.5 to 24.9 is an average range, 25 to 29.9 is considered overweight, and over 30 is considered obese. Two more things we're going to cover the basic recommended guidelines on, exercise and nutrition. For exercise, there are two widely accepted guidelines because of course there are. Why have just one when you can confuse everyone and have two? I'm just going to give you the recommendation from ACSM, which is the American College of Sports Medicine, because I just so happen to like this one a little bit more. So that's the full reason you can look up the other one. Um, But they're very, very similar. Okay. So they advise 30 minutes or more of moderate intensity exercise for five days per week or for a total of 150 minutes of moderate intensity exercise, or 20 minutes or more of vigorous intensity exercise three days per week, or a total of 75 minutes of vigorous intensity exercise, two to three days per week of resistance training, plus adding in exercises for neuromotor skills, balance, agility, and coordination, and two days or more per week of stretching, holding each stretch for 60 seconds. Okay. That might seem like a lot because it's like three days here, two days there and all that stuff, but they obviously, they mean for you to do this all in one session, or at least as a combination of sorts in your sessions there. Okay. Last is nutrition. Once again, two widely accepted sources. So fun here, right? So We're going off of MyPlate.gov and Harvard Healthy Eating Plate. But in this case, it's pretty straightforward because they have only one main difference. So both recommend half your plate is fruit and vegetables with vegetables about two thirds and fruit about one third. Quarter of your plate is whole grains and a quarter of your plate is protein plant-based oils are recommended in moderation, and drinking plenty of water. Tea and coffee are also relatively seen as perfectly fine. Avoid sugary drinks. And one small glass of juice per day. Now this is where they differ here. Harvard recommends limiting dairy to one to two servings daily, while MyPlate recommends fat-free or low-fat dairy at three cups per day. In my personal opinion here, then this is just my personal opinion. Three cups of dairy is a lot of dairy. I don't think I could actually physically eat that even if I wanted to. But you know what? That's the recommendation. You are welcome to go ahead and follow it if you wish. I know these are not the most in-depth guidelines here, but... If you want more specific information and really getting into the details of it and learning more about your nutrition recommendation guidelines, both myplate.gov and Harvard Healthy Eating Plate have a ton of really great resources for you for free. Harvard even has an entire ebook sort of guide thing that you can download. It's called the Healthy Living Guide. So you can go on that website. It's totally free. MyPlate.gov has a bunch of resources as well. They have um, some graphics and videos. They have worksheets. Um, They have like, if you're a type of person that likes to plan out things or like journal or one of those planner people, they have some pages like that. So go on both of those websites if you're looking for more in-depth information about this because they'll go into further details and provide that. Okay, there you have some quick healthy facts and guidelines. Now these may not be completely, you know, the hard and fast rule and you have to hit every single one perfectly. But as I said, they are the numbers or the guidelines for a reason. I know I threw out a lot of numbers. So if you want to see those all in one easy place, you can go to the blog post for this episode at carolinebreen.com slash blog slash 58 and see all of those numbers easily laid out right there. Also, still have not re-recorded my outro with the updated Instagram name. So although it says at Unstoppable Moms Fitness, My past self is lying to you, and it's now at Caroline Breen Wellness. So give me a follow on Instagram if you would like, and I will talk to you next week. Love that episode and can't wait for more? Hit the subscribe button so you never miss a show. There's new episodes every Tuesday, but in the meantime, why not come on over and say hey on social? You can find me on the gram, and I say the gram because, you know, I'm a cool mom. You can find me on the gram at Unstoppable Moms Fitness.